Rashad, I'm so excited to finally talk to you again about Star Wars. This has been so long, way too long. I don't know how we've survived this long, honestly. <laughs> I don't know either. I think we were just uh, we were just trying to get keep ourselves busy with D and D and everything else. Just kind of try all those things combined are just filling a void in our heart when there is no Star Wars. Yes. But now we're back. We're here. We have new stuff. And today we'll be talking about the first two episodes or the first two parts of the limited series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and I am I'm excited and I'm kind of scared that we might be of two opinions but i gotta just just start by saying i'm so hooked on the show oh my god okay perfect good yeah. <laughs> good. i think it's okay i was i think we're on the same page i thought we would be on the same page but yeah. the big caveat and we'll get into it is the fact that there are children yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh my god chris is gonna hate this sh entire show because of the children you know what i i love leia I love her. She's great. I think she's the best Star Wars child ever. Whoa. Um, easy, easy. More than Ahsoka? <gasps> Ahsoka was not a child. Uh, she, was a, adolescent. She, she was adolescent. Exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how I get around that. I thought about <laughs> that earlier today. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, not everything is perfect in the show. And we'll get to talk to, about that later, I assume. You know, sometimes yeah. the writing is a little bit clunky or the visuals are like weird but I'm really excited about this show, more excited than for any other Star Wars show in a very long time. Maybe the most, except for Mandalorian. I think it's like, yeah, I'm on the same page, except for maybe the first season of Mandalorian, just because it was so like, what the hell is happening right now? Star Wars on TV. Yeah. But even that, I'd say that this is like, when we're talking about what Star Wars can get to, the level it can get at, and like how good it could be, this is the probably the top tier we've seen on disney plus so far yeah but we can just we can debate that later and as the show goes on but for now i'm just going to quickly summarize kind of what happened in the first two parts of this series and we'll get into it is that all right please do so again as always or not as always as sometimes uh, i'm just going to take the plot summaries from wikipedia <laughs> don't tell the audience don't give them a peek behind the curtain just just do your thing all right, fine. So, part one. Ten years after Order 66, when most of the Jedi Order were killed, the Grand Inquisitor, fifth brother and third sister, Reva, find a surviving Jedi, Nari, on Tatooine. Reva grows impatient and attempts to kill Nari, forcing the Grand Inquisitor to stop her, which allows Nari to escape. Reva believes that they should be hunting for an another surviving Jedi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who, unbeknownst to them, is also on Tatooine. Under the alias Ben... Kenobi watches over a young Luke Skywalker, the son of his former apprentice turned enemy Anakin Skywalker. He is haunted by memories of Anakin's fall and is unable to communicate with his former master Qui-Gon Jinn through the Force. Kenobi refuses to help Nari and later sees his corpse hanging in town. On Alderaan, Anakin's daughter Leia, who was adopted by Kenobi's acquaintance Senator Bail Organa, is kidnapped by bounty hunters who have been hired by Reva to draw Kenobi out. Organa contacts Kenobi and pleads with him to rescue Leia. Kenobi refuses at first, but changes his mind after being visited by Organa in person. Oh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> I guess I'll do part two right now, I guess. Sure, sure. Part two. 
After tracking the kidnappers to the planet Dayu, Kenobi encounters con man Haja Estray, played by Kumail Nanjiani, just a little side note, who is posing as a Jedi. Haja directs Kenobi to Leia's direction, where he defeats the kidnappers and rescues her. The Grand Inquisitor learns of their presence and locks down the city. Reva disobeys orders to stand down and places a new bounty on Kenobi, causing mercenaries around the city to target him and Leia. When Leia realizes that they are after Kenobi instead of her, she loses trust in Kenobi and runs away. With bounty hunters firing at them, Leia jumps off the roof and Kenobi saves her using the Force, gaining her trust. Haja finds them and directs them to an unguarded cargo port from which they can escape, but he is unable to stop Reva from following them. Reva shocks Kenobi by revealing to him that Anakin, who now goes by Darth Vader, is still alive after Kenobi thought he had died 10 years earlier. The Grand Inquisitor arrives and attempts to arrest Kenobi himself, but Reva stabs him with her lightsaber, allowing Kenobi and Leia to escape on a transport ship, who is still in disbelief at the revelation. Elsewhere, Darth Vader awakens in a Bacta tank. So when was the moment, Rashad, that you were not just on board with this show, but enthusiastic about it? Okay. So I actually have a weird... So the first time I watched the first episode, because I thought I was in like a weird place in term, physically where I was mm-hmm. when the first couple episodes dropped, and I thought I had to watch them immediately. So I watched the first episode on my phone, sitting oh my outside God. in the sunlight and could barely see anything. Oh, no. So I actually... <laughs> was kind of like oh i don't really like this show because i could barely see (laughs) see anything so i didn't watch the second episode and then when i was sitting somewhere more reasonable once we kind of decided to push back a recording a little bit i was like all right i'm gonna watch this on a proper screen with actual lighting so i can see what's going on and i was immediately hooked i was it was like it took me to i think just seeing Ewan McGregor's face, his like sadness as he goes around in his like daily routine that I was like, this is the show for me. This is what Mm. I want Obi-Wan to be like. I want him to be miserable. And (laughs) with the little um, bit of quirkiness in the first episode when I had, when um, I forget his name, sorry, I have to look it up. Tika the Jawa was just like joking around with Obi-Wan and they had this little banter. I'm like, all right, the humor is here. The sadness is here. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I was just like, I was was like along for the ride from the get-go as well, but I was, I cannot describe what I felt. It was just glee and joy and just, I was like, hell yeah. And like fist bumping, as soon as we uh, see Leia. And I was like, oh, yes, this is great. And then when she got ki- I mean, it's very on brand for me to say, like, I was I was really happy about seeing a kidnapping of a literal kid. Um, but I was like, oh, this is going into a great direction. I know, I see where this is going, and I love it. And, yeah, it, and the second episode is even better. So incredible. I think the second episode is a masterpiece already. Yes. There's only a couple things that I don't like in the second episode, but mm-hmm. it's like as good as I think. Okay, so the first episode is much more, in my mind, a character study of Obi-Wan and, and him going through PTSD and his mm-hmm. misery. And it's most beautiful in the small moments where you see Obi-Wan's face 
tinge at the idea of helping somebody, his hesitation as he goes around, his his admonition of his failure when he talks to Nari, the, the I guess the previous Jedi who does end up dying. And then it's highlighted. I mean, it's so many moments of this where he's dealing with everything behind him. And it's just a great performance by Ewan McGregor. And that, so that first episode is a character study in my mind. And the second episode mm-hmm. is where you get this action sequences, him, this, the kind of the shots, the Blade Runner-esque shots of Dayu as he's investigating through the town, trying to find Leia. And then this, their burgeoning relationship as well as everything that's going on in the Inquisitors. And obviously you throw Kumail Nanjiani into things and he just like lights up the screen. Oh my it's God. I, so my, my note for that was literally all caps. Kumail Nanjiani, exclamation point, exclamation point. Uh, he, he was so good. It was incredible. Um, but... Yes, I absolutely agree. Obi-Wan being haunted by the past and doubting himself and his abilities was just... I was so happy that it was shown but not dwelled on for too much, you know? He was kind of forced to just act and think less about it. And he is also kind of... You know, he he still has trouble with his force powers and everything. um, But, you know, in, in that episode in the second episode you see that there's much more to him than wielding a lightsaber and using force powers but like his tactical ingenuity with like the drug trap or whatever you want to call it like that was great um speaking like the second episode specifically was just visually amazing and you know shout out to someone we've mentioned on this podcast before uh, chung hun chung who was the cinematographer for last night in soho which also was you know an urban environment that looked amazing and this one like dayu looked amazing as well and I loved it so much, and everything is on point, and it's like, oh my fucking god! I'm so excited. Honestly, <laughs> no, no, I'm so happy. We're on for the ride. It's so great. <laughs> I just can't wait till next Wednesday, or is right? it Friday? I don't know. <laughs> I think ah. it's Friday, but oh, doesn't matter. So good. <sighs> and like, nope, uh, it's Wednesday. Yes. It's when- oh wow, it's Wednesday. Interesting. Wednesday, June first. Yeah. Whoo! Can't wait. I think, you know, part of why I love Leia so much is that she's wise beyond her years, but still has like the best qualities of being a child, which yes, even I think that there are good qualities of being a child. And I honestly, I just love every scene with her. She's so good. I love the scene. And this is a question that I have for you. So she's in the first episode, she's breaking down her cousin, basically peering into his soul. It's so good. And actually, so this is a, a theory that I kind of read and heard about was that it's um, indicative of her showing some force powers, some force intuition by her ability Ooh, to read people. And nice. I wonder whether or not we're going to tease that a little bit more throughout the show. Obviously, we're not going to get so much, but we might get hmm. a little bit more of a hint of Leia having her force powers showing. Because this is the age, she's around, t- she's 10, right? So this is the age where it would start showing at, you yeah. know, for children. So it's incredible. I would love that. Yeah, that that's a really good point. And I would be super excited to see that. And obviously what that you know, what that would do with Obi-Wan, who would probably realize that. Um, that would be interesting. Um and yeah, I don't know. I, I loved as well like callbacks to earlier Star Wars things like the the intro of Obi-Wan, who we of course know. Like, but it reminded me a little bit of uh, Ray's introduction in episode seven. Um and we also have what was it again i forget but there was there was another thing that was kind of a callback that i really liked 
um, from a show. Now I obviously can't think of. I it. love the callback when he he says to Leia, "You remind me of someone," and he's yeah. talking about Satine, and I'm just like, "Oh, oh, oh was that you? supposed to be Satine? I thought of that course. was Padme." No, that was Satine. She was a born leader, and she died. I think that's a preview of what we're going to get moving forward. But oh, I hope we so. talk about expectations in the future yeah. at the end of this podcast. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's and like the casting was great. I mean, you probably knew all of that already, yeah. but like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't look up names because I was afraid I would get spoiled. But like, Leia is inc- cast incredibly well. Obviously, Hugh McGregor and Joel Edgerton, but also Reeves and the Grand Inquisitor and Kuma fucking Nanjiani. <laughs> Even Flea, the bass player of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who <laughs> like, was like, what the fuck is he doing here? But that was cool. And like, I also really liked the cameo of Tamura Morrison as a clone trooper veteran. Yes. Yes. They're like I banging loved in the it. street. That was so good. Like I didn't see that coming, and I, I heard that voice, and I was like, "Oh, it's him!" And I love what they did with him. And yeah, it's it's just ah, it's so good. Like so, you know, as I, as I mentioned, like not everything is on point. There are like a few, you know, passages of dialogue that aren't great. But like the uh, Inquisitor thing, like, do you know who we are? Do you know what we do? It's like, okay, you obviously need to show people what Inquisitors are, uh, you know, for all of the people who haven't watched the animated series. Um, What do you think about the prequel prequel, uh, flashback at the very beginning? Because I personally think it was unnecessary. I think it was unnecessary, but... I think they basically made a better cut than three entire movies. Yes. <laughs> there was only one cringy moment in there in which uh, Obi-Wan says, I have the high ground. Yes. But everything, all of the other cringy stuff, they kind of, it's it, the prequels never looked better. Yes, honestly. But yeah, I think it was, I didn't really need it, especially that and then start with the the cut of Order 66 yeah. at the very beginning of the episode. I think both of them is a little too much. I think, I think it's fine without it at all, which you can skip the recap. It's whatever. But if you, especially if you're going to start the episode with a cut of Order 66, that's something else. Yeah, I really hope that yeah, like surviving younglings and Jedi hopefully make more of a return in the show. Uh, well, I think, so I think this is my theory. Mm. I think we'll get to it a little bit later. But I think that the first girl it pans into is Reva. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. So if you look, if you rewatch it, it helps that I rewatched the episode already. So yeah. the first pan, <laughs> it comes down. It looks like you know, you know, it's a young black girl. Like it, it could be Reva like growing mm-hmm. up. So that would be an amazing twist for her to kind of have a personal stake against the Jedi or against Obi Wan in particular because it was his responsibility. You know, their their responsibility to protect them, but yeah. he failed obviously. It's very interesting because my my theory was because she tells, or as you said, like she tells Obi Wan that Anakin is alive and he is now called Darth Vader, and you know, obviously, it's it is always you know the question is there: why is Reeves so, uh, Reva so obsessed with with Obi Wan? And uh, maybe I was thinking maybe my uh, there is like a special rela- relationship between her and Vader. And thus there is this obsession because she says to Obi-Wan, like, he's still alive and looking for you. And yeah. so maybe that's her kind of special mission as one of uh, Vader's personal agents. 
Yeah, it could be that. It could be, you know, there's a many different explanations. It could be, it could just be both, general. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. It could be her wanting to kind of gain favor as the Grand Inquisitor mm. starts to, uh, you know, investigate the reasons behind it. Actually, question. So do you think that the Grand Inquisitor is actually dead? Is he dead, do you think? Like, because we see mm. an, but or we see a Grand Inquisitor in Rebels, and I'm not sure whether or not he's actually alive or is there a different Grand Inquisitor? Like, what's going on with the Grand Inquisitor situation? What do you think? I mean, I just assume he's dead and they're, like, the one that we see in a later in the other show is just another, like, a different person. Yeah, that's and what they, I assumed as well. Yeah, they did look quite similar, though. Yeah, very quite similar, except for the head shape, obviously. Yes, <laughs> but that's difficult. <laughs> um, but, yeah, also I thought, like, well played. Um, yes, so good. And like everybody's on point here. That's just incredible. I think when you have a show with no weak performances, you're off to a great start. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of quotes that I want to kind of talk about or kind of mm-hmm. highlight is when Reva is kind of questioning Owen about the Jedi. And another thing, side thing, um, is that the ability for the show to create tension even though we know what's going to happen with all these characters is incredible. Like we know Leia survives. Mm -hmm. We know that Owen survives. We know all these things, but their ability to tap into our like, Oh my God, what's going to happen gene, even though we know what's going to happen kind of is incredible, Mm -hmm. I think. But as she's questioning Owen, when she says that the Jedi are cowards, they abandoned you, failed you. There is no point in protecting them. They would not do the same for you. She's kind of making a good point, honestly. The Jedi yeah. failed. Like this is was the Jedi's responsibility was to keep balance and peace in the galaxy. And I think when we maybe potentially understand Reva's own positionality with it, when it comes to this controversy, we could potentially see that oh, she's speaking for herself as well as for all yeah. the other people around there. There's something deeper in those words that she's giving out. And the interesting thing is that Obi-Wan says the same thing to Nari. He, he literally says, the fight is done. We lost. The time of the Jedi is over. So good. So yeah. chilling. I love that <laughs> moment. Yeah. And just generally, the, um, like speak of good, speaking of good writing, the conversation between Owen and Obi-Wan, I thought, was really great as well. So good. I love, yeah. And it makes so much sense, too, that Owen would want this, not want this for Luke, and would want to protect Luke as much as he can in the way that he knows best on his farm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's very, very much in uh, in line with, you know, episode four, <laughs> A New Hope. <laughs> it's like literally what he is like then. It makes so much sense. And yeah. I think another kind of character that I want to highlight is our man, Bail Organa, who's just yeah. takes over the screen every single time. So he's good. so and good. He's in so, he's in so many Star Wars things now, and I love it every time. I can't, I don't, I never get sick of of seeing him. Well, they know who they casted well, and they did it really well, and they're going to keep yeah. going down that lane as much as they can. <laughs> yeah the the chemistry was so so on the screen. Yeah, between him and Leia, and also between him and Obi Wan. And yeah, his wife, and like all of yeah. them. I mean, how can you not love Belogana? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just so good. And yeah, I, I mean, was speaking so of Bale, it's so sad or bittersweet to see Alderaan. It's incredible <laughs> to see, obviously, yeah. but kind of to know what's the future of that planet's going to be like and all the people on it. Mm. It, it, you know, it's hard to kind of 
reconcile with the fact that everyone on that planet and the entire planet is going to be gone soon. Especially because Bale literally says to Leia, like, uh, one day this will be... Not like, she, he doesn't say this is going to be yours, but like, the people will look up to you and you will, like, this is going to be your, your, like, your job is to look after this place. And it's like, ah, oh, that stings a little. <laughs> oh, you muted yourself. Oh, no, I muted myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> okay we're pros just so good just, just so keep good. going all i said is that he basically gave leia the simba mufasa speech oh that's a very good point yeah it's so true yeah <laughs> um yeah I, wa- I was kind of um happy to see the inquisitors again i really liked their their like idea i, I thought they you know they were a little bit underwhelming but it's just I don't know what it is about infighting, especially among like the Empire, but that's such a Star Wars thing I've realized watching all of these shows as part of doing Serially Hooked. It's like such a huge thing, and like everybody's just out to to like outplay the people that are quote unquote on their side, just to rise in rank or whatever. And well, I think that's the central message of the the dark side of the force in star wars as a whole i mean if we go back to like darth bane and the rule of two with the sith like the idea is that you can only have two because otherwise they're going to be consistently fighting each other and they still do it with like uh, just with the two because the the apprentice is always trying to kill the master and become the master Exactly. There's a constant struggle for power. And, you know, Mm. the great adage, absolute power corrupts absolutely, is evident throughout the empire in the Star Wars universe. And when you have these, you can see the infighting here. And when Reva kills or strikes down the Grand Inquisitor, like it's another evidence of why we need the rule, why the Sith needed the rule of two and why the empire ultimately failed because of a lack of cooperation and Mm. everyone kind of getting their best way and it's a subtle message and i don't want to go too deep into the politics of the the things behind star wars but it's a subtle message again about it's a reflection of our own society and how we kind of like we fail as an empire we fail as a society when we're just all trying to get the best for ourselves as opposed to working towards the greater greater good or towards a common goal i guess is a better way to say that yeah greater good Ooh. yeah yeah that's what, uh, <laughs> but yeah yeah i i love though the reveal at uh i think it was at the end of episode one where we find out that leia's kidnapping was orchestrated by reva yeah. and that like that how that was such a neat thing like such a small thing but that just very naturally combines all of the seemingly loose things into one connected narrative and i really like that it's interesting too because this show is really good with its pacing in the sense that it Mm. takes its sweet time but then it doesn't wait to really wrap up the a and b plots together and then take you on a journey so the first episode is really slow intentionally but it's done in a way that still gets you moving forward and gets you at the end of the episode to know exactly okay i know what's going to be happening or what's coming and episode two just kind of throws you into the action really quickly so it's a real master class in terms of when to hit the gas in your show and when to maybe shift into a lower gear and relax for a second and i think that it's a great that's one really positive aspect of the show as well Mm. yeah i I don't know like episode two is just like 
almost perfect. Like any scene between Leia and Obi-Wan is perfection. Um, I was thinking about that, like, because obviously I like to be nitpicky. And it's like, what is there something that I don't like about episode two? And it's like, maybe the fact that there are like some flips that Riva does that aren't really necessary. And the fact that in, at the very end, like, Obi-Wan could have just run to the ship with with Leia and like not not just waited to see Reva kill the Grand Inquisitor, but that's literally it. And everything else is just perfect. Yeah, I was gonna say in the second episode, the CGI of Reva running through yeah. the city felt cluttered and hard to follow at some points, and it was mm-hmm. just kind of not really I, in some day it's like unbelievable in some ways i know this sounds so weird to say in a star wars context but <laughs> it just didn't look right entirely the cgi wasn't yeah. great um and in sometimes the cgi as well on tatooine looked a little bit cgi too much yes. especially the inquisitor's ship that was just like that was badly done yeah or like the landscape shots of like the whale the sand whale shark in the ground mm. or like the visual palette of the of the animal oh, i forget the name of it walking through the, all the obion's riding through the desert uh-huh. so there's just like a little moments like that where i'm just like hmm, the visuals are a little bit interesting here it's not it's not up to the par i would expect in a major motion picture but that's a standard we are <laughs> setting this show at this is a tv show yes. online that we're setting the same cgi standard as we would for a big box office hit and it's fine if it didn't get there, I guess, because there's so much else positive in this show. Yeah, that's that's what I realized when I uh, went through my notes. Just the standard that, like, all of these little, like, oh, but this is not perfect. Like, yeah. like it is in the big, in, like a perfect movie. It's like, yeah, but this is a show. <laughs> you know, this is like a six-part show. And it is, like, it is, for, for that, it is just incredible. I, I mean, I don't. We had high expectations, or at least I had high expectations coming into this show, and I can safely say that my expectations have been met. Yes, I tried not to have too high expectations because, you know, after Boba, I was a little bit down on Star Wars shows, so I was like, yeah, it's gonna be fine. And now I'm just, I'm, I'm in love. Well, just like you and McGregor is so good as Obi Wan, <laughs> yes. it's incredible, <sighs> and it just makes me sadder for the prequels. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just like see, see like Jimmy Smiths and uh, and like Ewan McGregor like act shitty <laughs> in those movies because of bad direction, writing, and everything. And like, but at least they get they get uh, the chance to show us that they're actually good at their job. Well, now I wonder, like, what would have Hayden Christensen's entire career would have been like if he had better oh, wow. direction for his like major like motion picture, like you know coming of age it's just incredible it's so sad what would have like i mean maybe he's not a bad actor maybe he's a great actor we don't know it's george lucas's fault there are a few roles in which he's he's good like genuinely good but those are always like creepy creepy guys and i feel like that's kind of what he plays anakin as like not planned but that's how (laughs) anakin comes across in the prequels so um yeah maybe maybe he's just you know uh, he does this one thing really, really well, um, which is not bad, obviously. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll never know. But luck- luckily, everyone else was like fine after the prequels. Um, still, it's a shame. 
but here we are we have we have obi-wan to look forward to as you said the the new episode is coming out in a few days what do you what do you expect or hope to happen I have so many expectations. So I think <laughs> the um, 100% we're going to get Qui-Gon Jinn at some point in this show. Yes. 100%. Either uh, either as a voice or a for- force ghost, full force ghost. It'll be one or the other. Probably the latter. Um, I think we're going to get some Yoda as well. Some communication from Yoda to Obi-Wan at some point. Mm. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I expect that the girl from Order 66 in the shot that we saw is Reva. And she has some personal vendetta against obi-wan or something like that obviously she does have that but i think that she will reference her time in order 66 um i think the show is gonna end ish with a darth vader um obi-wan showdown i think they're gonna be fighting at the end of this episode uh, not the episode mm-hmm. but maybe part six or part five i think something is that that's the direction we're gonna end up going towards so it'll be incredible to see that i think um i think also as I mentioned earlier, the reference to what I think was Satine Kree's um, when he's talking to Leia, I, I believe that this is the, the, the direction we're going to in terms of, because if we're digging into all of Obi-Wan's regret, PTSD, trauma, Satine Kree's is on the top of that list. Or not the top of the list, I guess Order 66 is. But close on close the second list. to the yeah. fall of his order, but yes. Exactly. He lost the two things he loved. He lost first yes. his own love of his life and then the order that he left her for. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's, it, that was a, a subtle hint to us moving forward. And moving, I think in the next episode, I would like to see, I mean, we're going to see where Kumail Nianjiani or Haja sent them. Um, so we'll, hopefully we'll see exactly where he they go. And I hope we get to see more Kumail Nanjiani come back. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad so. that Reva didn't kill him. I was kind of expecting her to. Yeah. But it, or at least take a hand. But it'd be incredible to see. I'm, I'm looking forward to all of it. And we only have four more episodes, believe it or not. But can't wait. It's incredible. We're almost the third through the show. And it's like, why does this show have six episodes and other lesser shows have way more? It's not fair. But maybe that's why it's so good. I don't know. But yeah, I just, um, I, I expect some more great one-on-one time with uh, Leia and Obi-Wan. Um, maybe that's how Satine comes up. I could, I could imagine Obi-Wan opening up to a child. Yeah, I don't know. And I think, yeah, the next episode is just going to be the two, the two of them landing, st- perhaps stranding somewhere um, and having to fend for themselves. And then they are on their way. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of the trajectory of the show overall, I think you're you're right to assume that there will, there will be a sort of show off between Vader and Obi-Wan. And I'm here for all of it. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Luckily, it's only a few more days. So only only have to sleep a few more times. Um. <laughs> so I'll talk to you then. Yes. So if you've liked what you've heard and you want to support the show, Rashad, how can people help it? Give us a five-star rating or any other maximum unit of measuring units. I don't know the words that I'm saying, but just rate us positively on your podcast platform of choice. What? (laughs) Got it in one. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, And uh, if you want to reach out to us, uh, share your theories or just, you know, get in touch. It's fun. Uh, Rashad, what's the best way they can do that? You can send us some spice in the mail. You can just mail that to 
Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that usually that usually reaches us. Yes, or you could go to seriallyhook.com and get all, all of our contact information or fulfill out our fancy schmancy form on the website. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're doing badly, please. But Europe is also fun. Yeah, or just mail something to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you next time. Bye.